morning, church. Thank you, Scott, for doing announcements. Thank you for bearing with me while I figured out which stand I'm going to steal from the music group. Um, sorry, you're going to have to reposition stuff when I get back up here. And I can't get myself together a little bit today. Some days you wake up with a groggy throat and everything kind of goes that direction. So bear with me. <clears throat> We're going to read from Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some had questions. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Let's pray. Holy God, we pray that you would use this time, use these words, that it would not be the words that I want to say, but that it would be you speaking through me, that you would speak into the hearts of all who hear, that you move us closer and deeper into relationship with you. We pray for Elevate, we pray for all the young people and adults that are there, that you would speak to them, grow them deeper in love with you. We pray for Julian Sullivan, who's having surgery today. We ask that you bless that, that your hands would be on the hands of the medical team, that all the interventions and things that they do would lead to your will and his healing. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would be in this place, send the Holy Spirit upon us. Once upon a time, once upon a time, Grandma Rabbit was very old and very sick. And as tends to happen, the doctors had told Grandma Rabbit that she probably didn't have much longer to live. So all the rabbits and the bunnies and the hare family gathered together at Grandma Rabbit's house. The little bunnies were playing out with their cousins in the front yard. The rabbits and hares and bunnies were gathered, cooking food, hanging out in the kitchen, hanging out in the living room. A medical bed was brought into the living room so Grandma Rabbit could be there with everyone as she slowly went in and out of consciousness and was meeting her end times. The family was together. They were rejoicing. They were laughing. They were crying. They were doing all the things that grieving families do. The priest came, Reverend Turtle. Reverend Turtle came. He anointed Grandma Rabbit, praying that she'd receive the final healing of resurrection. Prayed with the family the Lord's Prayer. Joined them all together in a time of worship. Then as he ministered to the family and eventually left, the family returned to their talking and being with Grandma Rabbit. And Jamie Bunny was there in the corner. Now, Jamie Bunny has been away from college and has not seen Grandma Rabbit in a few years. Jamie Bunny has been away at university and has been attending a different church, not in our community, that very heavily emphasizes a specific prayer of, saint, of salvation. And through that prayer, that that's how you know where you end up going to go and that there's not another way to really know where you're going to end up after death. And so this whole time, Jamie Rabbit is getting more 
and more anxious as she watches Grandma Rabbit slowly slide in and out of consciousness, slowly get weaker and weaker. And she becomes more and more and more fearful and more and more anxious to where she finally comes over when not too many people are around or in other rooms or out in the front yard with the little bunnies. And she starts begging Grandma Rabbit to repeat this prayer after her. Well, Grandma Rabbit is at the point where she's confused and not really able to talk. So she's trying to understand what's being asked of her and not really able to participate. So Jimmy Rabbit runs and scurries and finds paper to write down the prayer on and get Grandma Rabbit to sign it. Because maybe, maybe that will give her the assurance that she'll see Grandma Rabbit again. She goes to Grandma Rabbit, shoves the paper in front of her, holds it, reads it to her, asks her to sign it. Please, please, please sign it. But Grandma Rabbit is at the end and not able to comprehend what is going on. Jamie Rabbit anxiously and tearfully runs out of the room and sits on the front porch crying. Uncle Hare saw this whole thing. And good old Uncle Hare realized what was going on and went and sat on the porch with Jamie Bunny. And he leaned over and reminded Jamie that, you know, Grandma Rabbit prayed the Lord's Prayer every night before going to bed and prayed for the whole family when they wake up. There is no doubt to where Grandma Rabbit's going to go. And just because she did not have that specific prayer in mind, she had prayed, she had asked for forgiveness for her sins. We know that we would be with Grandma Rabbit one day again. And this soothed Jamie Rabbit. As Uncle Hare explained, that the family of God is much bigger, much, much bigger than the church she is attending in her university. It's much bigger than the church they attend in their local parish. Its family of God is even huge as far as rabbit families are concerned, which are well known for having huge families. The family of God is huge. Let us pray as the Lord taught us to pray. Our Father, who is in heaven. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. The family of God is big. It is so, so big. And there's room in the family of God for everyone. Close your eyes for a moment and imagine a swimming pool filled with sprinkles. Pretty silly, probably really fun to swim in. And in this swimming pool filled with sprinkles is a huge balloon. And in this huge balloon, it is full of sprinkles and marbles. Now, this balloon is the church. This balloon is the people who interpret the scriptures, the Bible, through the Apostles' Creed. It is a big balloon with lots of sprinkles on it because inside the church, the family of God is huge. And in this balloon, there are also marbles. And those are individual churches and denominations. They are location points, places where someone can say, 
I'm closer to this group than to that group. But they're all within this giant balloon. And we are part of the Church of the Nazarene. This is a, that is our denomination. That is our marble that we point to. And the Church of the Nazarene in their core values, the number one core value is we are Christian. We believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We affirm the Apostles' Creed when we interpret the Bible through that. And as such, we're in the balloon. And our denomination starts off by saying, our value is that we are part of something bigger than ourselves. You are part of something bigger than yourself in this local church. This local church is part of something bigger than itself in our denomination. And our denomination is part of something even bigger than itself in the Methodist holiness groups. And the Methodist holiness groups are bigger than themselves as part of the church in the world. The family of God is so, so big. Now the next core value of the church of the Nazarene is holiness. It's following God's commands of perfect love. And the commandments that Jesus gave here that we just read in Matthew, it says, follow all that I commanded you. Well, we believe that holiness is part of that commandment. <clears throat> there are two instances where Jesus specifically commands loving. John 13, he says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. And again, in Mark 12, a scribe comes to Jesus, hearing him disputing with the other scribes and ask him, which commandments are the most important? And Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind and all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. And we believe that in love, we can find a way to change our lives. We believe that we can go continuously closer in love to God and others. And that is this idea of entire sanctification. That God is working grace in our lives from the very beginning of our lives up to a point where hopefully we can come to recognize that God has been working grace in our lives and accept that grace and be saved. Ask for forgiveness for our sins. But then that gets us in this cycle of sinning and asking for forgiveness Engaging grace and failing to engage in grace. And that can be despairing. But we believe that as you continue to engage in grace, there becomes this moment where you ask God to fully purify us and enable us to engage in grace more deeply, to take an active role of participating in the grace that God is providing to us. And as we do that in that moment, God enables us to do so. And that starts a lifelong process that we've already been in, of engaging with God's grace, of making conscious decisions to act in love with the world and to love others. And that leads us to the third core value of the Church of the Nazarene, which is be missional. Today's passage brings us to the command to make disciples. 
So that leads to questions. What is a disciple? And how do we make new ones, make more of them? <clears throat> well, it starts with this process of love that we are in. We become a disciple by loving God fully and more fully as we are more able to love. Love is not something that you are born with full capacity to do. It is something that you grow in. It is a muscle. It is a strength. And the more you love, the better you get at loving. And as we get better at loving, we eventually want to love those beyond ourselves, those beyond the people sitting next to us, those beyond our family. And we do things. We do outreaches. We send missionaries and support them. We do compassionate ministries. You will see on the door, on the wall out next to the front door out there that we have a monthly thing that we are doing for our community. That is one way that we show our love for our community. We have small groups, which is a way that we show love and bring people in among us. That is how we make new disciples, is by loving others. So that leads us to the question, what is a disciple? Well, there are two sides to discipleship, really. There's indoctrination into the faith. There is taking on the beliefs, values, the meaning-making system that we hold. The system that says, I affirm the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father. I believe in Jesus Christ's Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I am part of the church universal. There is these set of things that are ideas that will transform you and encourage you to move deeper into love. And then there's the personal and social growth of loving. It is the taking actions upon those values, upon those beliefs. It is the part that changes us to be more and more like Christ and then invite others into grace as we give it and invite them to join in. It is this, these things that make us disciples of Christ, following these commands to love and is inviting others to do so by loving them and being involved in God's grace and bestowing grace upon them. It is acknowledging boundaries, meeting people where they are, being authentic and genuine. It is loving others as we want to be loved. There is a description of the Holy Trinity as a dance. The triune God dancing the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in a perfect dance of perfect love together. And I like to believe that the triune God is dancing all around us all the time and inviting us to dance with them. And in those invitations, we can say yes and we can say no. And in the moments where we say yes, we can then choose to continue to dance or stop dancing. We can choose to, as we continue to dance, we dance sometimes songs of joy. We dance sometimes songs of sorrows. We dance sometimes dances of hope. Other times we dance dances of despair, but we dance. And what we eventually realize is we're not the only one dancing. There are many, many other people on the dance floor with a triune God dancing in and out and through their lives, dancing in them into this rhythm of grace. <clears throat> and we can choose to join in dancing, join in dancing with those who are in times of dancing joy, joining in dancing with those who are in dances of sorrow, 
joining in dancing with those who are dances of hope, joining in on the dances of hopelessness, being with others in this dance of grace. But we can also invite others to come and dance with us. And so I encourage you in your life to dance because the more you dance with the triune God, the more you learn how to dance, the more you get on rhythm. Well, it starts as you watch the little kids dancing in service. They're not on beat. They can't clap with rhythm. But as they continue to get exposed to music, they continue to grow and learn. And the same is with us as we dance with grace. The rhythm of grace starts and it's hard to figure out and sometimes we're on beat and sometimes we're not. And sometimes our movements are very jerky over here and sometimes all we can think of to do is do the robot because it's the only thing that we can think that makes sense at that moment. But overall, continuing to dance, you get better at the dance of grace. And we realize that all are invited. So I invite you, whatever dance you are doing with grace, to dance with grace today. We're going to take communion. I'm going to invite everyone to come forward, grab a cup, then I'll bless it, and we'll take the elements together. And so, as we move into this time of communion, this is a means by which we receive grace. We receive grace in this time by remembering, by reflecting, by accepting and saying yes. Yes to God. Yes to the dance of grace. Yes to the realization that we are part of something bigger than us. Because this, these elements, we refer to it as a table. It's a table of the family of God. And remember, the family of God is huge. The family of God has space for everyone. And so I invite anyone who wants to come, wants to be part of the family of God. Whether you've been part of the family of God for a long time, or you've been away for a long time, whether you are coming to the table for the first time, you're invited. Please come.